everybody, and welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. Universe. This is the podcast where we exist to prove people wrong when they say that sequels are never better than the originals. And today, we're jumping into a brand Spanking new, new series. series. And as you heard the music at the beginning of the episode, if you didn't know from the title of the episode, or from me telling you how excited I was that we're covering this series... Here's here's what we're covering today, The Terminator, and we will be covering it for the next month and a half because there are six of these movies. So, um, am I apprehensive? Sure. <laughs> am I excited at all? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna like the first two. That's like yeah. a given. Um, but let very me, excited to cover Christian Bale finally at some point. That's true. We have not covered him as an actor yet on no. this show. And we will dive. We will dive. Into him. Well, we have plenty of good actors to dive into today, so that's great. We have one of the all-time greatest actors uh, in terms of p- pure star power, I would say. Maybe someone would disagree with the minutia of that. Although the older I get, the more I realize that Arnold Schwarzenegger is well, I don't know where he is politically and stuff like that, but was and is like a very very much a genius. Mm-hmm. And um, all of these franchises that are led by him, I don't feel like they're as big of hits without him. But let's save that. One thing I wanted to say right off the bat, though, um, and I'm sure I've told you this, but for the listener, when we started doing this podcast, for me personally, there's a few series that are sitting in my brain that are like, one day we have to cover that series. And Terminator has always been one of those series where it's like, I cannot wait for us to cover that. That's like a series, like, without question, we have to cover at some point. And I'm not entirely certain as to why that is, because I've only seen two of these movies. I think it's one of the biggest franchises. I guess so. Because it. The, when did the first movie come out? Where 1984. We, did you say that already and I didn't hear you? No, you didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I mean, that's the time when franchises weren't really a thing yet. I mean, this movie wasn't made to be a franchise. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying, right? Right, yes. And uh, what's kind of weird is that it is... I-, I guess one of the reasons why I did want to cover it is that it is a franchise that, to me, does not make sense that there are six sequels. Definitely. I mean, uh, five sequels. I think a lot of people agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's just... It's it's odd. It's it's also like an R-rated franchise, which is sort of uncommon to be like such a blockbuster series that is like an R series. Yeah. I mean, I think a couple of the entries are PG-13 now, but I mean, for the most part, I think there are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, you know, that's all to come, and we'll be discovering that as we go. Um, when was the first time you saw this movie, Jordan? It was with you when we were house-sitting somewhere. The Millers. Yep. I don't know if we were allowed to say that, but <laughs> yeah, I think it was a. Oh, you've never seen this movie? I guess today's the day you're going to see it. Mm-hmm. I well, I guess I'll say I've seen so much of the movie on TV growing up. Sure, because it is one of those movies that's on TV on cable a lot. Oh yeah. So I had seen a lot of it, but never co- like the beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And I will say when we watched this movie for the podcast, the opening scene, I had like an intense burst of deja vu in the opening scene because it reminded me of Universal Studios 
and their old, I believe, a 4D Terminator experience. Yeah. And I remember as a kid... Battle through time. ...being, like, blown away by it. And I don't really remember too much other than, like, really cool explosions and, like, actors were in the audience, I think... We should definitely do a little. It was very immersive. I remember, note on but that. I only did it once, and I was a kid. So I mean, I could be false memories on some of it, but I remember it being just like, <gasps> whoa. Yeah, I I think that like Cameron directed a lot of it and was like very much a part of creating that ride. So we we should definitely do a little like little corner where we discuss that. That'd be fun. I also want to go online and like watch a yeah because maybe I think the next can, episode like, we'll have it. Yeah. Well, I think it came out after Terminator 2, so oh, okay. it would make sense to do it in that or the third episode. Yeah. Um, so, yes, um, the first time I saw this, I was working my way through IMDb's top 250 movies, and this one was in the top 250-ish range. It was in, like, 240s. Um, and I watched it, and I was... This was at a different time in my life, which we've talked about immensely in this podcast, where I was a little more uppity. And I was kind of like, that was good. And I enjoyed it and it was fun. Was kind of what I was able to oh, like. young Micah. Yeah, snooty. melt this movie down into. Yeah. And then we'll get into what I thought of the second movie next week. There's your little like tease. Yeah. But then yeah. when I showed you, by the time I was ready to show you the movie, I was like, oh, this movie's really cool. You're going to love it. Mm-hmm. And then we watched it last night again. Mm-hmm. You, you were about to say something. I, I just, well, I'll save it until we get like more into the movie. Well, say something because I'm about to sip. Something. <laughs> That's not super helpful, but let me dive into a couple of the notes here and maybe we'll split it up because I got a lot. Please. <laughs> oh man. Make me feel bad for doing my job. Um, so part of the whole thing about this movie is you cannot talk about this movie without like really talking about James Cameron. So James Cameron was doing modeling, like artistic modeling. um, Like sets? Like set, Set like like miniatures and stuff like that. He wasn't like taking pictures of models? No, no. Okay. Um, For this movie called Battle Beyond the Stars. Okay. And while he was on that, he met um, Gail Ann Hurst, who is the producer on this movie. And so um, then... While they were working on that movie together, and and they didn't say why. I was watching this documentary about Terminator, and they didn't say why, but they were like, they needed an art director. So then James Cameron, next day, he's art director. Hmm. And she said, like, when she showed up and saw him, like, when he was just doing the set modeling, she was like, oh, this guy's, like, running the art department. Like, he had that kind, that of, kind energy. of energy. yeah. And he wasn't. And um, so the... The, the the really interesting thing that I actually did not realize is, especially for the, this first movie, he did, like, all the storyboarding. Like, almost all of it. And his art is um, incredible. He's, like, a great, like... like really? I didn't know art. that. And that is, like, where he gets his... That's, like, kind of his beginnings, if you will. Interesting. Is, like, actually doing the artistic work. work Probably which, why a lot of his movies feel so fleshed out. And so visually stunning. Because he whether, like genuinely knows what he wants. Yeah, whether you like Avatar or not, you cannot say that that is an ugly movie. Whether you like Titanic or not, you can't say it's an ugly movie. Like, his, he doesn't make bad-looking movies. It's, he just doesn't. Well, I don't know if there would be that much detail if it was someone else on all of them. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so he then he's got this this idea 
that he has where he he was so when he was let me see if i can find that note um okay so but but before all that i'm sorry cameron was a truck driver and he saw a movie in 1977 i think it was 77 called star wars and he was like that's for me that's what i want to do so he's like i'm old is he um, I think he was in his twenties. I I don't know for okay. sure. But then then he's like, okay. And so then he starts, he quits, and he's gonna work in movies. And I think he also had a janitor job as well. So he like, wow, this is he like, came from nothing. Like this is like, like an American dream a, situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he didn't have a an uncle or even a parent in yeah. the industry. Yeah. And so then, um, when when he's got this script and he's talking to Gail Ann Hurst about it, that he's been working on this idea of the Terminator. Um, the studios are like, no, this is too weird. Like, no way. And you're an unknown. We don't know who you are. We're not yeah. going to do it. The but, American dream stops here. <laughs> right. And he's like excited because he, he also another movie that inspired this is John Carpenter's Halloween because it was so low budget yeah. and it was such a hit. He was like, I can do that. Yeah. So while he's filming his first movie, Piranha 2, The Spawning, <laughs> which he also was working with Gail Ann Hurst, um, and this is, I'm, I'm kind of getting my timeline a little mixed up, but he, he had a dream. He was sick and he had the dream of a metal torso holding kitchen knives, dragging itself from an explosion. And then from that image, he comes up with all this stuff. That was a scary, that's a nightmare. Well, and what's funny is he said, he has said that um, in the documentary I was watching, some like a producer was talking about how Cameron says that dreams if you're not having a nightmare it's kind of pointless because a nightmare will have like interesting stuff that you can think about later but a dream like that's pleasant is just a waste of time basically okay (laughs) (laughs) very abstract thing to have an opinion about (laughs) right so um but I mean he's very successful so yeah so the script is turned down by everyone and then basically Gail like comes up to bat for him and she she finds orion pictures which as you saw they were the one that had the Mm -hmm. cool logo at the beginning she gets them to produce the movie but they have to hire james cameron as the director they can't hire out so that is kind of like the beginning of cameron and and in a lot of ways for years he has like disowned piranha 2 because it was like it was the same thing as like david fincher directing alien 3 Mm -hmm. it's not like his project Mm -hmm. um since then he's been a little better about it apparently but this in a lot of ways this is his like first real movie the terminator um and then now we're getting into like just the actual trivia of the movie so i'll go back to just i'll go back and i'll hit the the people and then we can do some actors and then we'll come back to me because there's just so much more to cover um so it's this is james cameron's second movie like i said you know, Avatar, The Abyss, um, True Lies. What else is he? Oh, directed? True Lies, the movie you couldn't finish. What? Right? Oh, Body of Lies is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that Body of Lies is a What's tra- True Lies. True Lies is that movie we were watching in the hotel with Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, that movie was weird. Yeah, but we also like couldn't really hear it, and we had to turn it down. Well, yeah, you're in a hotel. You're not really paying attention to anything you're watching, unless it's Impractical Jokers, which you keep watching because there's a marathon on yeah, True we TV. We watched like three or four hours of yeah. that that night, <laughs> or that was a different night, but it doesn't matter. The audience doesn't need to know that. No, but um, you know, so he's done this stuff. You know, next week we'll talk about him again because he directs that. Okay. Um, 
2. Ter- Terminator 2. And at some point, we'll talk about him again because he directs Aliens. Whenever we cover the Alien series. Oh, that's the second one? That's the second one. Okay. So famously, like the general consensus is Cameron has made two of like the best sequels ever. Terminator 2 oh, and okay. Aliens, where it's like, it's just as and good as the original. And will he go three for three with Avatar? Yes. You think so? Yes. Why? And I don't know. It's just too wild of an idea. And for for the whole world to be like, nah, we don't want any avatars. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to shoot three simultaneously. And then I think a total of five. And he's just like, yeah, I'm going to do it. To me, I'm like, and I've heard other people say this. It's not like totally originally my idea or anything. But I'm like, yeah, he's just going to come out with this movie. And it is going to be like way better than the first movie. And probably like become number one at the box office again. Hmm. Avatar 2. I'm I'm ready for it. I think I think this is an idea and and tell us what you think audience. I think before Avatar 2 comes out, we should make an exception, our one and only exception, and we should watch Avatar 1 and cover Avatar 2 and then cover the rest of the movies as they come out w- before it becomes a, a trilogy really? because it's such a strange thing. Well, let's talk about it later. Here's the thing. I think I miss the the Cameron train way 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 long time ago like i i've never cared about james cameron he's always the growing up it's like he's one of the big guys sure yeah uh he did titanic okay i've really i've only seen the movie on tv as well um and also like when i saw avatar a lot of it is me and i know that because i missed the theater experience which I did as well. I know you did. I know you did. But th- for me, I think I, w- I was, it was, I think it was also during a time where I just didn't, you know, everyone loved it. So I didn't really want to like it, which mm. I, again, totally on me. And yeah. I have not seen it since. But I think when I saw it, you know, everyone's just freaking out about like, you have to see it in 3D. You have to see it in theaters. And I just didn't because I missed it. And by the time I did see it, it was like, okay, it's Pocahontas. Right. And What's the big deal? Here, here's what I think. I ha- definitely went through like my original like watching of Cameron movies. I liked True Lies, which is famously like not one of his best movies. And then I liked Terminator. And then everything else I saw, I was like, you know, lame, 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 whatever. This guy's so overrated. And now I'm coming back to it, and I'm like, but grow up, Micah. These are cool movies. And so. I actually have not rewatched a lot of these movies, but I've kind of already decided that I like them, if that makes sense. Okay. You, you know what I mean? No, you know, where, I know what you mean. Where it's like, no, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch like Titanic again at some point, and I'm going to like it. I'm going to watch Avatar again, and I'm going to like it. Maybe I won't, but, yeah. um, he, he, yeah. because these, these movies, it's like, they're, they're so insane. If you really think about it, even, even Avatar being, you know, yes, like the same story as Pocahontas and Fern Gully and stuff. Which I've changed my opinion on those things. Like, yeah, it's, re- it's modern like retelling. So, yeah, so who cares? It's not because back then I would think, like, oh, that's cheap. It's not even original. And it's like, yeah, yeah who cares? It's really cool. Yeah, it's like he made up the Terminator. Give him a break. Yeah. But it, but it's kind of like, like, even, even if you don't like the movies, they kind of go into like the Mortal Engines thing that we talked mm-hmm. about on our Halloween He's episode. He's trying to make a very big movie. He's just, he's trying to make something that you have not seen. And even if you don't like it, that's admirable. Um, but let me get into more. Okay. So um, it's written, this movie's written by James Cameron, 
And it's also written by Gail Ann Hurd, although James Cameron has since contended that she contributed nothing to the script. Okay. But she does have a writing credit. Um, she produces a bunch of stuff. Most of her writing credits are based on characters created by because of Terminator related okay. things. Um, and she's a writer on the upcoming Aeon Flux show, which I did They're not know. A show? I thought that that movie bombed, so I don't know what's going on there. Interesting. Then music is by Brad Fide- or Fidel, who did True Lies and Terminator 2, and he created this this score, and this score is pitch perfect. I love the score to this movie. I mean, I loved it enough that I was like, I'm going to try and recreate it for the beginning of this episode. And that's when doing research and watching videos, I find, found out that the Terminator theme is in 1316. So for all you music, musician people, there are 13 beats a measure to the 16th note. Insane. That's so cool. I love the score too. It is kind of 80s to me. but that, That's part of why I like but it. But there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but it does, and when we were watching, I was like, I feel like this paved the way, f- not like he needed to or need to be done, but like, the, the, his score was reminding me of like Cliff Martinez. Yeah. Like very synthy type of scores. Also, I feel like watching this movie now, I I think that that scoring is so popular again that it doesn't feel like a dated score to me. Yeah. Even though no, it's totally. so out there. Yeah. Um, Like for the time, it, it's... Also, the movie takes place in the 80s. So Right. Yeah, I think... Cares, I love Jordan, it. Whatever you think. <laughs> And then the cinematography is Adam Greenberg, who did Terminator 2, Eraser, Ghost, Snakes on a Plane, The Santa Claus 2, Rush Hour, Inspector Gadget. You need to watch Snake, Snakes on a Plane sometime. Really? Have you seen I don't, it? No. I just think we need to do it. All right, let's do it. Um, and then I'll just do two more, then we'll hit some actors, okay. and then we got some trivia. Uh, budget of this movie, $6.4 million. It makes... Remember, the studios were like... Nah, this is not a good choice. We mm. shouldn't do this. They had to be kicking themselves afterward. Mm. The movie makes 23.3 domestically, and it makes 78.3 worldwide. Wow. In the 80s. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the equivalent of like 200 million now. Yeah. That's insane. That's awesome. So hit, hit me with Proven. a couple of actors. <laughs> so we have none other than Arnold Schwarzenegger, who plays Terminator. <laughs> He is previous governor of California. He's also in Predator, The Sixth Day, Eraser, Predator 2, Iron Mask, Killing Gunther, Aftermath. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, also The Expendables? Yeah. So um, the, the this one is like his like real, real breakout movie. Yeah, so hold on a second. Because before this, he's got Conan, two Conan movies, and Hercules. Yes, he is Conan the Barbarian. Wait, hold on. This movie came out. He's got a lot before this. But I think though But no no no, he's got a lot with an asterisk of Okay, so like the movie Conan the Destroyer came out the same year as this. 1982 Conan the Barbarian. And then he's in a TV movie. He's in a movie called He he's in other stuff, but it's like no one knows about these things. Right. So I don't even know what these movies are. Yeah, it's like Hercules and Conan, you know, okay, this guy's like someone we kind of know about. And then Terminator's like Okay, we know who this guy is. I was, I, you know, because we talked about Dave Batista and Ip Man, uh, Master yes. Z. Master Z. Uh, and we were like, I, as, you know, C episode, but we were talking about like, is, does, is the guy as tall as he is big? We got to know. So yeah. then we went on a tangent. We we're also looking at comparing to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So yes. watching this movie, it's like, is Arnold Schwarzenegger as tall as he is big? He's 6'2". 6'2". Guy's as tall as he is big. 
<laughs> yeah. Because sometimes people are so buff that they don't look tall, like right. on, on screen. Yeah. So I just had to figure, I had to know. So should we talk a little bit about Arnold or do you want to hit some more actors? What about him? Well, I mean, it's just like, he's just unbelievable. Yeah, and, he is. And this movie like completely succeeds or fails on the performance of the Terminator. Oh, yeah. And it is like, it's it's weird, like, listener, watch the movie or think about the movie. There was a time when this was not iconic. Like, like it's weird to watch the Terminator and think, you know, there were people going into the theater not knowing who Arnold Schwarzenegger is and not knowing who the Terminator is, and he had to, like, prove that to them. And it's just, it's so beautiful, and as the producers put it, it's like, him as the Terminator... Like, right away, you don't have to prove that he's a robot because he's so big and so... Because originally, they wanted him to be, like, conspicuous and look like everybody else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They wanted Lance Henriksen, who is the the police guy who, who's with... You know, the, the guy key, who's the always trying to tell the stories? No way, really? They wanted him to be the Terminator. That would be a completely different movie. Right. And actually... I think he could have done cool. It's a different movie. It's a it completely a different, different movie. movie. But he would have been more like I think smarmy and a little uh, bit like behind the scenes and popping out and stuff. A little bit more Blade Runnery. Sure. With clone stuff. Yeah, but then like Arnold, like he just walks and it's like you you can't stop him. There's when you look at him, you're like I I couldn't stop him. There's nothing I could do. And him bringing that to the screen, it's just it's the magic of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, we also yeah. have Linda Hamilton who plays Sarah Connor and she's in several other Terminator movies. She's also in Dante's Peak. She is in Easy Does It, Gears 5, the video game. Um as Sarah Connor. I don't know what that video game is. Um <laughs> Curvature, Lost Girl, Defiance, random stuff. Yeah. Very random stuff. And then Michael Bean I mean, B-I-E-H-N. Bean, yeah. Bean uh, plays Kyle Reese. Love his IMDb picture. Just a cowboy. <laughs> He's also in Aliens. Cool, yes. He's in Planet Terror, which is the movie where the, on the cover the girl has a uh, machine gun as a leg. And that's the movie they released the the double with Death Proof, with Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof. Ah, okay. Yeah. Who, who did this movie? I think Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah. Josh Brolin's in it. Yeah, she's got a machine gun leg. Wow. Quentin Tarantino's <laughs> in it. Ah. Looking at his face right now. Okay. Um, Michael Bean is also in The Mandalorian. What? Who is he in The Mandalorian? It doesn't say. But oh, it says he, he's in it. Maybe he's in upcoming episodes. Oh. How cool is that for you? Oh, that's very cool. Um, He's also in Red Handed, Curfew, The Shadow Effect, the night visitor to the girl. I mean, he's got, he's in the Scorpion King. Come on. He's in the <laughs> Scorpion King. Lou Ferrigno's on the cover of this one. Scorpion King four. Ouch. Whoa. That's a lot of Scorpion Kings. Um, okay. And then Paul Winfield plays Traxler, who is the like police chief. Okay. Dude. Who's like stirring oh, his coffee and he, cutting off Lance Henriksen. Oh, he's so good. I loved his so, performance in this movie. He's also in Mars Attacks. He's General Casey in Mars Attacks. He's also uh, in Star yeah. Trek II Wrath of Khan. Like Very the cool. big one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's, he's in quite a few things. I mean, all of these people in these movies have had wonderful careers. Yeah, definitely. 
And I think they're all iconic in their own right, you know? Yeah. So Lance Henriksen, who plays Vokovich. Vokovich, okay. Um, he's in Hard Target, also in Aliens. He's in AVP, Near Dark, The Unhealer, Big Dogs, Better Things. He does some voice acting a little bit. Wonderful. And then Rick Rosovich, who plays Matt, who is the boyfriend of the roommate. Okay. Um, he is in Top Gun, Roxanne, Navy SEALs. This is all making sense to me. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> the type character. Yeah, good for him. Great. Um, and then Bess Moda, Mata plays Ginger, the, the roommate. Okay. She's in a movie called You Talking to Me. <laughs> uh, Casey <laughs> Undercover. Which is a Disney Channel movie. Wow. Oh, that's Zendaya. So this is coming out. Oh. Or it did come out. Oh, it's a show. Someone doesn't do work ahead of time. Uh. Um, and then Earl Bowen, who plays Silverman, who's the guy that's like interrogating or, or like the site, the psychologist. Yes. That Wh- guy what is, is his so name again? Good. Earl Bowen. Earl Bowen. Okay. Yeah. He's wonderful. So he's in Terminator 2, Terminator 3, Naked Gun. 33 and a third. Okay. That's the third one. I, I would assume so. Yeah. Um, he's also in world of Warcraft. So he does voice acting. <laughs> he's in a lot of world of Warcraft. Holy crap. He's also in monkey Island, which looks like it could also be, that is also a video game. He's in Kim possible. Give me a break. He's also in an X-Men thing. Oh, this. We, everyone's heard this man's voice. <laughs> one way or another he's got he's a, a gone to video games to disney to nickelodeon stuff wow very cool very accomplished um and then i think that is it although i will mention that there is someone at the beginning of this movie who is to, goes on to become a very successful actor bill paxton Let, yes he plays punk leader can you, while I'm t- telling you some more notes, can you look up I- what he did before this movie? Yes. Because I think this is like one of his first roles, really. Well, so his first role is 1975. Okay. He's in Stripes. I didn't know that. Really? I don't remember. Well, it's but, been forever since I've seen that. So he's in like a short. No, he's actually, I haven't He's uncredited in a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of uncredited stuff in TV shows before this movie. And he's in this movie called The Lords of Discipline in 1983 as Wild Bill Paxton. That's how he's credited. <laughs> so I think he tried something for, for one movie. But it looks like he's in some like bad horror movies. And, so, and then he's in The Terminator. Okay. And then he becomes like a Cameron guy. Yes. Because he's, he's in Titanic. He's in Aliens. He's in True Lies. Um, and, you know, that's for a movie. A guy who's made like seven movies. That's most Avatar? of his movies. Um, I don't think so, but I cannot remember. When did that movie come out? 2000 and... Oh, no, he's not. Nine, I, I think. Maybe... Yeah, we were in high school. Oh, he took a break at one point. Anyway. Really great actor. Died too young. Absolutely. Very sad. Very good. Yeah, he's he is one of the guys that when he's in a movie, you're just like, oh, okay, cool. It's going to be a little bit better he, now. He's just like... He brings a very real... Uh, realness to everything that I've seen him in mm-hmm. that it's like I I I don't see Bill Paxton totally he's he's just wonderful and I love the makeup they did on his face because it's like they put a tire, tire mark, tread on <laughs> but it was like a tattoo or something <laughs> oh so funny it's so good um okay 
So now let's get back into they're trying to make this movie. So Lance Henriksen shows up to like the casting agency in full Terminator garb, makeup and everything. And he's like, I'm here to talk to James Cameron. And they're like freaked out. They're like, who is this guy? This guy's going to kill him. (laughs) They don't recognize him. They're about to call the police. And then James Cameron's like, hey, Lance, hey, come on, come on in. Let's talk about it. So he was like ready to be the Terminator. Lance Henriksen, ready to go. But then um, Cameron meets with, um, he he had like a, it sounded like he just had to have a meeting with Arnold. And it sounded, you know, I don't know exactly how the politics of all that work out. But Cameron going into it, he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to work with this guy. I I don't want to hire him. I don't want him in this movie. So he, he's leaving the office and he's like, Hey guys, I'm going to go pick a fight with Arnold. So he doesn't want to work with us. So he goes into a meeting with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be Reese in this movie. Huh? So. That doesn't work for me. No, no. And, and, but Arnold's going into it and he, you know, he'd read the script and he's like, it's this weird, like sci-fi thing. He's not super into it. And he, he, as he's talking to Cameron and I guess Cameron's trying to like pick a fight with him. He's, he just starts talking about the Terminator and how cool that character is and like how he would play that character and stuff. And then like pretty soon into the meeting, Cameron's like, yeah, you're the Terminator. (laughs) You're the Terminator. Yeah. So he's like, dang it. I should have ghosted him on this meeting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, uh, apparently they offered the role to Mel Gibson and Sylvester Stallone at some point. Yeah. Stallone makes sense. Mel Gibson? No. Mel, well, but think about Mad Max. It's kind of a That's similar That's so character. different to me. No, not to me. Are you okay? Okay. No. Okay. Okay. Um, and so. I bet him and Sylvester have d- d- been considered for a lot of the same roles. And then at one point someone was like, why don't we put all of them in one movie? The <laughs> yeah. Expendables. And later Gibson shows up in the second one, yeah. I think. Um, so Arnold Schwarzenegger has 17 lines and, um, and he, he thought it would be low profile enough that it wouldn't hurt his career if it was a bad movie. Um, which he probably was right if it had bombed. Yeah. But I mean, he's just expecting like, it's probably going to be crappy, but it's a paycheck. Um, turns out to be huge. Yeah. I mean, this is probably his, I mean, would you say that like he, like more than any of his other iconic roles, like this is the one, like, we all remember he is the Terminator. Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. That is the line. Yeah. Um, speaking of that line, what a segue. Arnold had trouble saying the line, and so he initially was like, Cameron, we got to change it to I will be back. Why would a robot speak in contractions? Not a bad argument. And Cameron's like, no, it's got to be I'll be back. And then uh, uh, he does it, and of course it... The rest is history. Yeah. Um and yes it also they did not want to screen this to critics mm-hmm. initially to get the buzz because they were worried and then i think arnold's manager and maybe it was michael bean's manager saw the movie and they were like oh no no you have to screen this for oh, critics okay because this is going to be a huge hit yeah Bean and arnold and they did and of course the rest is history um they didn't have permits for a lot of the shooting a lot of the shooting they're just shooting at night and hoping that no police show up no way wait wait wait. so do you think even when they were driving on the sidewalk 
very fa- quickly. I I think they had permits for some of the movie, but not all of the because movie. I I literally thought as we're watching it on some of the stuff, I thought I bet a lot of this movie the costs were the permits. Yeah, because they do some really insane stuff stuff slash stunts on the streets. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah, the the last shot in the movie when she's driving toward the mountains. Okay. So they, they oh, were set up yeah. all day waiting for the right light. They're in the middle of the road. No car's coming. And then all of a sudden they see a car in the distance. They're like minutes away from the shot. And the the VFX guy has his son with him, like helping them yeah. out. Because this is a pretty DIY. They're using right. like all the gorilla, uh, like filming gorilla yeah. tool, like guidebook yeah. rules. And, um, and so then they see a car coming and it gets closer. And James Cameron is like, I bet that's a cop. Watch it be a cop. It's the only car that's come the whole day. Shows up, it's a cop. And so then the guy who's the um, VFX guy goes, hey, no, um, I know we shouldn't be here. We don't have permits, but it's just my son. He's at UCLA. He's finishing up this little film, and we all just thought we'd help. And no it'd be way. Great. And the police officer's like, oh, okay, well, you got to get out of the middle of the road and just set up on the side of the road, and then we'll... I'll, I'll I'll make sure that traffic doesn't get in the way. What? <laughs> but, and I guess the the son was like kind of scared. Yeah, <laughs> but, that's crazy. Yeah, and um, yeah, Cameron did a bunch of the pickup shots himself with his and Arnold's money, like outside of the budget of the movie. Like, Dang. As they're editing and stuff. So huge risk for Cameron in this movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and then I think. There was so a, Arnold did too. That means that he did believe in it to a degree. Yeah. If he's going to put money into it, because well, he was, shouldn't have well, to. Well, it was one person talking about it. I think it was Gail Ann Hurst, and she said, I think Arnold did some money sure. too. So okay. I don't know for sure. Maybe he's a really nice guy. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, writer Harlan Ellison sued the movie for ripping off an episode of The Outer Limits based on a short story he wrote, Soldier. And Orion Pictures settled for an undisclosed amount, and later prints of the film, he has an acknowledgement credit. Of course, Cameron says that it's original, and he didn't rip him off. I mean, if anything, having a character... Like, if it's as simple as there's a character who's a robot going on, like, even coming from the future to do something, I don't... It's not that wild of an idea. I mean, it's... Okay, that's crazy what I just <laughs> said. It is a wild idea, but uh-huh. I can see, like, a Twilight Zone episode having similar things that happen. Yeah. So anyway, those are those are most of the facts. I might have some more. We have Stan Winston working on this movie. So they how did they get him if this movie's so DIY? Well, okay, they, no, they well, did wait, have wait, a budget, wait, wait, so wait. they were able to get people. Let me correct that though, because this is before Jurassic Park. It is. So yeah. this is before like he really blew up like crazy. But he was still Stan Winston. I know, but people like, knew who he was. I, I know. So that I bet just most of their money also went to him too. Because I think I think he did creature design for Alien. I think really. Um, I'll look it up to make sure. But so he's people know who he is, and also the movie comes out October twenty sixth, nineteen eighty four. When did Alien come out? Uh, oh, seventy nine. I think uh, is what I want to oh, say. I always but. I always get it mixed up. That I always think that James Cameron did Alien, and it's Ridley Scott. Yeah, Ridley Scott. I get them mixed up a lot. But but James Cameron, of course, did Aliens. Which I have not really seen that movie. Yeah, so... Okay, no, he didn't do Alien. I'm sorry. Okay, he did some other stuff that 
people wouldn't really know. But I mean, you'd know kind of. He did Aliens. He did the Alien. Well, that makes creator. sense. But uh, so yeah. And he did Predator. But oh, it says uncredited. Interesting. Maybe he just consulted on some stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah, they, they were gonna go with this other guy, and the other guy who was getting ready to work on the movie was like, you know what? I'm not the guy for this. This is your guy, Stan Winston. Oh. And then Stan Winston goes into it. He is still like a young buck. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I can do this. I can do this. And then when he sees the project, he totally flips to like, oh, um, how how can I work on this? Because um, he can went into it kind of like, I'm I'm the guy. You, you're and now he's like, me. please hire me. I got to work <laughs> on this movie. Yeah. This is so, so cool. And I have to be a part of it. Yeah. So I I think we set the stage. The lights go down. We see the the Orion pictures and the movie begins. It says 2049 AD. We see human skulls strewn about and machines riding over the skulls and lasers going off and stuff. So there was a big nuclear war and robots ascended. They rose up and their their goal is to exterminate the human race. Mm -hmm. simple as that yeah uh, of course we don't know that at the beginning of the movie but but they do say that there was a nuclear war in the oh they do you're right robots you're right. rise to exterminate the human race yeah you're right <laughs> uh i mean there we do learn more details later on but that does explain it yeah and you, this this scene blew my mind me too. because i was watching the behind the scenes and those were miniatures i if you had never told me that I would have always thought that they were real tank, like real whatever machine it was, and they just slapped stuff over it. Yeah, I thought they just got like a crappy like crane for like a thousand bucks, and then yeah, min well, and you know, I'm sure that some stuff is shot regular size, but I mean, the tank drives over a car. I don't know if that's later in the movie or not because they flash yeah, back to this, yeah. and you you can see the footage of them shooting that scene. And I'm like, that is, I had no idea that that was not real. But it makes sense because when we were watching the movie, you said like, this is a very DIY movie. Yeah. Um, and, and watching this part, it's like, but how? That would cost so much money. And I know doing the models, I know that couldn't be cheap and the effects that they did, but it's easier to cheat. Yeah. Because you are already cheating by using models. Yeah. But... And that just blew my mind. Even the like flying thing that uh -huh. was that was a real model that they just have like on a string and they're like moving it around. Yeah. And then we'll get to and the craziest just, model, but we have to wait till the end of the movie yeah. to talk about that. It just poses the whole thing of like, why aren't we doing miniatures more often? Like I know today. Well, because think about Lord of the Rings. We talked about that so much in our Lord of the Rings, and it's it's wild. I mean, I know that special effects are progressively getting less expensive but the shots are also getting more complicated mm -hmm. so i mean i would i would kill to see the next avenger movie f with a ton of like miniatures yeah. in it or something instead of like just blue screen and green screen um i'm not necessarily knocking it but there is something that feels very good and tactile yep like when i watch the terminator and you see arnold schwarzenegger's fake face as he's cutting open yeah. his eye I would rather see the fake face than something that's very, very clearly computer generated. Yeah, me too. Because it still feels a little more real. Yeah. If you can get away with the computer generated, more power to you. Yeah. We're not, we're not anti-CGI on this podcast. No. But 
there but it does something make you so nostal- nostalgic for the, these things. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And like maybe if they did some version of some movie today where they do miniatures, maybe it wouldn't work depending on what the movie was. Well, and I would all see. I mean, isn't well? No, that was gonna be a bad joke. Never mind. <laughs> well, I I imagine that the new Star Wars probably used miniatures. You think so? Because they did so much practical. Well, yeah, stuff JJ in those had like an emphasis on yeah that kind of stuff, and it carried through on most of the movies. Um, but you know, it still would be cool to see that. And you know, I remember in Rise of Skywalker, it was it was cool when they blew up Exegol at the end of the movie it was very clearly a real explosion because it looked like the old Death Star explosion. Yeah. And I'm sure that they actually filmed a real explosion because... I don't I've, remember what you're talking about, but okay. The planet at the end of the movie that the that Palpatine's on when they blow it up. Rise of Skywalker, is that the last one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was just uh, this kind yeah. of draw-dropping moment to me because it it was clearly a practical explosion because I have not seen a planet explode like that since, like, Return of the Jedi. And yeah. it was really cool. Yeah. Um, right. That sigh was uh, not a sigh of I'm done talking about it. I know. I- for the listener. <laughs> I, people probably really think that I hate Star Wars. What? I don't. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, okay. So that stage is set. And then we're in the present day LA. Present day being the 80s when the movie came out um la yes and a very large naked man is zapped out of the sky (laughs) and let me say for if you're feeling like you know because in a lot of movies and this is just something that has been cried a lot and i i'm not knocking that at all i'm kind of for it where it's just like why is it always women who are nude it's always women and it's like that's so true yeah. Always women. It's, it's, sometimes you get to a point where it's like, just show the man, just show like everything. <laughs> what? <laughs> and if you are, if you are at that point, watch this movie, you see a lot of butt <laughs> and then you see a little bit more well, later on. You know, what is so funny is, um, and I don't know how to articulate this well, but a lot of these movies that are famous, I think matrix goes into this category as well. They're is he f- naked. No, no, no. I, that's not the <laughs> point I'm making. <laughs> um, although you do see Keanu Reeves' butt in Reloaded in the orgy scene. Um, <laughs> but a lot of these movies that are like macho and and yeah. what maybe someone, I mean, I don't want to necessarily paint someone into a corner, but maybe someone who is, I don't know, sexist would be like, yeah, I like the Terminator because it's about guys. And I like... I like um, Predator because it's, you know, it's got macho guys. And it's just like, there's so much like gratuitous filming of the male body that I think if you are someone like that, it's it it puts you in kind of a, a very ironic situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does that make sense? You no, know, I, I think so. <laughs> because it's like this movie is funny enough. It is like very in touch with like, it's kind it's kind of about like, male emotions and how we like put up this facade of like we're these tough guys and then you know there's that moment where michael bean tells linda hamilton that he loves her and then he's immediately like no i shouldn't have said that yeah it's like i i'm a guy i can't have emotions yeah and it's like the whole movie is about like like this machine who, uh-huh. d- who doesn't go anywhere but he's the villain because men should have emotions i think there is that subtext in yeah. this movie it's just funny and ironic like a lot of the types of people who like these types of movies and yeah. some of the reasons like the creators did not intend. F- no. That. And I think like the nudity in this movie is just genuinely, that's how the world works. 
Yeah, it's so totally you're gonna like, see Arnold Schwarzenegger running towards a, a couple of punk dudes, and you kind of see everything. <laughs> That's just kind of like you would see everything because he fell out of the sky naked and he needs clothes now. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> So he falls out of the sky naked and he comes up comes up to a couple of <laughs> punk guys, Bill Paxson being one of them, and needs their clothes and they start making fun of him. Mm-hmm. They said something like, uh, is it laundry day, buddy? Ha ha ha. And then Arnold Give me your clothes. Yeah. And he um inserts his fist into one of their abdomens. And just rips it out bloody. Rip- and the guy falls over dead. And he gets clothes. He, yeah, the third guy gives him his clothes. The third guy, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, then then we see Michael Bean fall out of the sky, and I love the juxtaposition. Was yes. you just about to say in terms that? of like how his body looks compared to Arnold's? Well, I love that, but also like like Arnold Schwarzenegger, a machine gets out of the terminate like the 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 time, and he just like stands up. And oh, he's, like, ready yeah, to go. he doesn't like fall. Michael Bean falls out of the sky. Yeah, which. <laughs> not to say everything that was said on the commentary but he mentioned how his stunt double did that and it was like naked i mean of course <laughs> of course no i just mean that's that's gonna hurt so bad yeah because it was like it's like a 15 foot fall or something <gasps> no like that because they have to get the, on a pad though right well michael bean said and you know concrete doesn't give <gasps> that's what he said <laughs> he doesn't know for sure what happened i hope not because that's Maybe it wasn't that's 15 feet. That's as DIY feet. as it can get. Probably like eight or nine feet. That's still for but falling that's on asphalt. And it hurts when he lands. And I guess the men- the thing about the bodies I was mentioning is you see that he has uh, scars just all over his body. Yeah. When, when we have a robot who was just probably created. Now, do you know, and I'm not going to tell you about it. Do you know that in Terminator 3, they try to do, they try to explain why Terminator has an accent? <laughs> they do and you don't know about that no i haven't seen it okay which one's who's in three what's three i don't really know what three is i know arnold is in it okay okay cool we'll Isn't just he wait in the next one he's in the next Isn't one too. He in like all of them he's not in salvation well actually i think he like has a cameo basically i'm just gonna say in one of the more recent ones he is naked again yeah because i've seen it <laughs> you you look scarred your eyes are so wide i've seen things <laughs> But anyway, okay, so we'll get to that on Terminator 3 because it is, it is, oh, you know what? Actually, I think it's a deleted scene and it's rightly so. We'll get to it. Okay, fine. Um, Okay, so he falls out of the sky. I just love the juxtaposition of the two. You know, Terminator gets the clothes easily. Michael Bean, like, gets it from a bum Mm -hmm. and then the police chase him and he goes on this whole chase and has to, like, scrounge for clothes and it is such a, like, perfection of machine versus like man and man scrounging yeah machine is ahead yeah lovely then we see linda hamilton we see this nice woman and we're like okay she's going to work waitressing at the diner and she's late which you know shows that she doesn't have everything together yeah she's Uh, just like us she's She's just like this very stressed out at her job and then she comes home um she lives with her roommate uh, ginger and they're getting ready to go out for the night it's friday night they're going somewhere to have fun with their boyfriends mm-hmm. and sarah's boyfriend cancels on her yeah so it's like her life is really not put together for a for a you know young woman in the 80s yeah things are just not going her way but she's got a cool iguana she has a very cool iguana which 
I think there's a little theme with the whole like it's prehistoric animal that she owns. Yeah, that is a cool thing. Yeah. Um, do you have more on that? Or I you mean, just think I don't it's think like I need to explain it. Kind more. of symbolism that just symbolism, just yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess like she's she's more in touch with with humanity and nature. And that's part of why she redeems the human race is maybe. And she, she does represent that. the past because to Reese, he is going to the past. Yeah. Cool. But she also represents the future because of why he's coming to get to save her. Yeah. Boom. Beautiful. Um, so then we see the Terminator walk into a gun shop, order all these guns, get them, shoot the guy and just casually walk out of the store with all these guns, yeah. all of them. And then he goes to a phone book, rips out Sarah Connor, and he just starts visiting women in L.A. named Sarah Connor. And he just goes, are you Sarah Connor? Yes. Smashes open the door. Beautiful slow-mo footage. Yeah. Boom. Kills her. Yeah. Kills another one. And meanwhile, Michael Bean is like... Kyle Reese. Yeah. Their names are too iconic for you not to use them by their... Yeah, you're right. Um, Yeah, so there's the phone book, and then... um, I kept writing Michael in my notes. So Kyle Reese is like sitting in a car that he steals at a construction site where Mm -hmm. he's seeing the symbolism is just wonderful Mm. where he's seeing machines do work, but they're working for the humans. So it's like, he's seeing still, this is still the before time, but it does like trigger PTSD. Yeah. And we see this whole footage of him, you know, fighting in the, um, in the war, Mm -hmm. um, and like blow up one of the tanks, mm-hmm. a model, a miniature. Man, the per- like his partner who he's with, I think it's that scene where they're doing those things and like throwing bombs. And one of them like zaps his partner, uh-huh. that girl. And, and she, she just like, disappears. disappears. Yeah, that was cool. Very cool effect. And I really like the noise of the beams because yeah. it's not Star Wars no. noise of the beams. I, I appreciate that they decided they found something new. Mm-hmm. And I like how they look. Yeah. The color and all that fun stuff. It, it just is like, that's a Terminator uh, beam, not, <laughs> yeah. not a Star Wars beam. Yeah. And, um, and so then we, we get to see the police chief, who's one of my favorite characters in the movie. And so he's just like good. tired. He's seen a lot. He's whatever. probably closer to retirement than the first day he started working. Yeah. Kind of guy. And Cameron does this great like shot where he's just following them in front of them. It's a, just a long tracking shot. And it starts with a guy like being incarcerated and like very violent. And the guy, the police chief is just not. He's phased. like getting his coffee around this guy getting like thrown on the desk. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's seen things. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and this is one of the, the things that when I was younger, I thought was, well, not so much in this movie, but like Cameron is so good at just like bringing up a character and just shortcutting so that you are pretty much like okay i know everything i need to know about this guy oh same with this person he like has he's figured out in this movie all the ticks of the character so like the police chief he he's very comfortable in this world yeah and he is he is very demanding but he can be and then like the guy that the lance guy um who is kind of you know like a right hand man in the police precinct mm-hmm. is always trying to tell a story about a past experience he, <laughs> he had with a criminal and he time. keeps cutting him off and it's so funny and then the psychologist guy he has a tick too i can't remember what it is right now but he like he even he, he had his own thing oh the beeper which is also a 
foreshadowing yeah foreshadowing thing because the the beeper goes off when he's interrogating reese and then later as he's leaving it goes off and he misses the terminator coming in Mm -hmm. yeah and that beeper probably saved his life (laughs) yeah so a machine saved his life yeah which is probably why he's in terminator 2 oh he's in terminator 2 you said that i think i did oh interesting i wonder how he's in that please don't rewind just believe me (laughs) yeah please don't never rewind but getting back to where we are yeah so um uh, well her friend is having sex with her boyfriend with her headphones on which i thought was an if you want to see choice. someone make a face while dancing and that's funny watch this movie <laughs> the roommate makes just faces like no one makes that face when they're dancing yeah it was, and but and it's, she's very fun i she's, like her she's fun it was yeah. just kind of one of those scenes where you're like huh that's weird that's weird um but uh then linda hamilton like goes out to this club and she um sees kyle reese following her well i so i like so as this day is going on she finds out that a woman named sarah connor has been murdered and her the people that she works with are like isn't that funny like yeah yeah someone killed you and then uh that night boyfriend cancels on her she decides to go out on her own and just enjoy a dinner by herself. And she hears the news and she hears that another Sarah Connor has been murdered. So she's like, okay, something is wrong. Yeah. And that's when she notices that a man is like watching her, which is Kyle Reese. Um, yeah. And she is walking down the street and she goes into a club, like you said, and it's a lot of it has to do with, you know, being surrounded by people and staying in public. Also finding a phone because it's the eighties and she doesn't have a cell phone. So she gets to a <laughs> know, phone. It's so funny seeing that now and being like that. <laughs> Like you'd have to set this, this story in the past or yeah. like make like a cell phone outage happened at the same time totally. he came to Absolutely. town. So like she is calling the police, telling him like a man's after her, uh, because they also show that the police has been trying to contact her, Yeah. but her roommate's not answering the phone and she's not there to answer it. So I like, I like that we still don't really know who Reese is, but we do know that Arnold Schwarzenegger is bad because he's killed people already. Mm-hmm. We know that. And Reese hasn't really done anything yet. So you're kind yeah. of automatically assuming like two guys enter this world. One's bad. One's good. Right. But, but we don't really know. No. And they do establish like through Sarah Connor. She thinks that's the man who's killing people. Well, I mean, she's suspicious that this is the man who's tracking down Sarah Connors for some reason. Yeah. And thinks that he's going to kill her. Right. Well, and he's because wearing like a, what is a that duster. called? A duster. And he looks suspicious. Yeah. He's got a sawed off shotgun I mean, in there. he's staring at her. And because of her being suspicious of him, she does not notice that Arnold comes into the club. Right. And then Arnold goes in to kill her because... Oh, you're so bored with this movie. <laughs> he has already killed the roommate and the guy there mm-hmm. and seen a picture of Sarah Connor. So he goes to kill yeah. her. Then Kyle Reese stops him from killing her. And then they get in a car. He says, come with me if you want to live. Yeah, great line. They get in the car, start driving away, and that's when Kyle Reese starts explaining what's going on. Arnold Schwarzenegger runs onto a burning car, jumps onto their windshield, and punches, punches it. As the car's moving. Yeah, and I I guess that was like a that's like a mechanical arm. So his arm is behind him. Okay, I was him. curious how they did that. Yeah, his arm is behind him. That, and I you I would have never known. Never known. I think also because it's heat of the moment. Stan Winston, baby. That but it's also incredible. slow motion, so you should be able to tell if it's that doesn't crazy. look crazy. Right. But you're so caught up in what's happening. Yeah, so cool. And like, there's something about the expression on Arnold's face in that 
window scene where you're just like, uh oh, this is bad uh-huh. news. And it makes the we've seen a thousand people punch through windshields. Yeah. But there's something about this one where it's like, oh, this is like crazy. Yeah. Um, and so then, you know, Reese tells her about the nuclear war, and then he talks about this man who led a rebellion for the humans. Called, that inspired them. Oh, called, sorry. I didn't mean to say called. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, there was a man in the future who inspired everyone to not give up hope. Yeah. Um, and his name was John Connor. Name was John Connor. And he's your son. And he's your son. And she's like, huh? Yeah. And, you know, still like, who? what's going on? I don't know if I can trust you. Her acting is incredible. She she is a very strong character. Uh-huh. There's not really a moment where I think that she's playing the weak card. She, but and when she is like kind of hysterical, I would be hysterical too. Anyone yeah. would be. Well, and something that's really cool is so in in this scene, you really have to buy that someone could believe this. Uh huh. And like the way that she acts, she's she's like. I don't I don't even want to say hysterical. She's just acting how any human would act. She's trying to like escape out of the car and he's like forcing her to listen. You know, she's probably like, this man's crazy and he's killing people with my name, probably because he's delusional and yeah. believes what he's telling me. Yeah, it's like, how are you gonna believe this? And I think that her acting, she sells so hard, like that turn to like, yes, I believe you mm-hmm. now. Um Especially when she sees the Terminator do things that a human shouldn't be able to do. Right. And then like, I think it kind of ends with very cool car chase scenes, like incredible car chase scenes. And one of them ends with, um, Terminator running a car into the wall full speed. Yeah. And he is not there with the car. Like, so he escapes. So it's like, that is proof. Right. But even then, if I remember right, when she's in the police station and they're questioning Kyle. Yeah. Oh, I love how they did that because it really made him feel crazy. It made him seem insane. Yeah. We only, like, if you didn't have the first, like, 10 minutes of this movie where you see them show up. They started it like this? Yeah, you would be like, oh, this is, you know, the movie doesn't need to start like that. This is more of a thriller than an action sci-fi. Right. Um, But, like, even then, she wants to believe him, but she's still, like, she's being told by the police, like, don't worry, it's fine, there's 30 policemen in here. Like, it just sounds like, you know, he, he, that one guy must have been on PCP. Yep. And this guy is like totally delusional. The psychiatrist is like laughing about yeah. it. And he's like, I'm going to be like famous for this because yeah. this will, I'll be able to write books until I die about this guy. But what's interesting is because of who Sarah Connor was set up to be as a woman who doesn't really have anything together, like can't even, you know, quote unquote, hold a man down. Like he, yeah, he cancels on her. It doesn't seem like a good guy. She's re- she can barely hold on to her waitress job. Yeah. And so when someone comes and tells her that she is the future of the human race, I think there is a part of her that wants to believe that. Yeah. And it, it does further in the movie. Of course they have like in a, a very intense connection as well mm-hmm. that like further makes her want to believe whatever is happening is happening. Yeah. And then we have, this is like the greatest, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger walks in to the police station and he says, I want to talk to Sarah Connor. The guy says, well, you can't. And he She's says, doing a statement, giving a statement right now. I'll be back. Yeah. And then he drives a car through the doors. Unbelievable. Now I want to talk about, I'll be back for a second. Yeah. I'll be back is a line that is so famous. It's probably top five 
ever in movies. Yeah. It maybe even is like the number one line ever. Everyone knows I'll be back. Now, since the first time I saw this movie, I was like 17 or something like that. I don't know how I missed. I don't know how my dad didn't like show me these when I was younger. Because yeah. this is a total like dad sits you down, son. Like, right. let's watch. And my Terminator. dad really likes these movies as far as I know. Yeah. And I didn't get this. Yeah, it's just weird because it, it, it just feels like a weird, like this would have been something he showed me. I mean, he showed me true lies, so I don't know why. Anyway. That's very odd <laughs> to me, but okay. But um, so when I saw this, I had a similar situation with Taxi Driver where in my mind, it was like Arnold walks up and he's like, I'll be back. Like, <laughs> real, like yeah. so much gravitas because it's like it's outgrown. Like it is spread so much that it's not, it, it's so much bigger than what it started as yeah um same with you talking to me it's like when i saw taxi driver and he's like he just looks in the mirror and he's like you talking to me (laughs) it's like very normal yeah it's like oh that's it but everyone does it with like a jersey accent everyone's like you talking to me because they're doing a robert de niro impression like yeah like italian and it's like that's not how it is at all when you watched a movie yeah um and and this one is just funny because the first time I saw the movie, I was I had I was like, oh man, that's the line, <laughs> like that's the line. Yeah. And I think even it's almost like you did a bad job, Arnold. <laughs> well, I think even in future movies, they I think they say that in all of them. Well, isn't it okay? So and the as second they go one, on, I think they they get more and more cheesy. You know, in the second Sorry. one, doesn't it end with him? Uh, descending into lava or something with the thumbs up yeah and doesn't he say i'll be back i don't know okay i I think as a kid i always thought that i don't think he does because i think when he's just going down the thumbs up is all he says quote unquote remember as a kid being like what is this this is so cool (laughs) (laughs) but i also was very scared of that movie but we'll talk about that next yeah next week um so anyway i just wanted to say that about it then the score picks up and it starts going very intense because Arnold comes in with all of his guns blazing. <laughs> He's just killing all the police. All the police. It's insane. It's crazy. And they lock Sarah in her room and in, in her room in an office tells her to don't go anywhere. They keep Reese in the, the interrogation room. Um, and you just see Arnold going over, shooting people up. Even the police yeah. chief gets shot. Even his other buddy gets shot. And Sarah is under a desk just waiting for him to come in and finally kill her when Reese comes and takes her away. Yeah. And Great moment. Away. Yeah. And, and that's, that's when the score picks up. And then they go under this tunnel, and that's when he discusses more about the future, and we see the kids watching TV in the fire. Yeah, it flashes Or the forward, fire in the TV. I guess. Yeah, and like a like Terminator or T one thousands like break into or T I think they're T one hundreds at this point, but okay. they like break into the um, ambush the their community. Yeah, and they're like killing people and stuff, and it's weird. I I distinctly re- remember the fire TV being in Aliens. Oh, really? Um, and maybe it's in both movies. That seems mm. weird to have it in both. But um, it's probably just in this movie. But I thought it was in Aliens because I saw that before I saw Terminator Two. Terminator. Just seen but, it on TV. Yeah, maybe. But also in this scene, Reese is looking at a picture of Sarah Connor. Yes. And it's like, yes, huh? Why does he? Have a, I, he might have already mentioned it before this time. I don't remember. But it's like he has a picture of her, but he doesn't know her. Right. Well, I think he pretty quickly he, explains he, that. Well, he knows her. Do you know what I mean? Like, he has a picture of a woman who he's never met in the yeah. future. 
uh-huh. um, given to him by the the guy in charge of the resistance, who he knows is her son. We yeah. he knows those things, but yeah, he tells her that he's had this picture of her, and he's uh, yeah he's telling her about uh, all the things that are going on in the future. Um, there's something I was gonna say. I do remember at one point he says that he can't go back. This is like a suicide mission for him. Right. I think that's when he was being interrogated, saying that he can't go back. It's a one-time thing, one person only. And that kind of goes for both sides. Because John Connor, once he went through, John Connor uh, destroyed the machine so that no one else could use it, and they couldn't send any more Terminators. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah. I also like that... um, well, I think you were going to say the when, how they come naked and no... Well, yeah, no no inanimate objects can go through and they're like, well, how come he made it through? And it's like, because he's a cyborg and he's surrounded with living tissue. Yeah. Okay, that's explained. Yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, the world building in this is unbelievable. It's crazy. And it's all these, like, just lines. It's not... They're not even showing that much, but it's just all the things that are explained a little bit, which yeah. just gives it such great weight to everything. But yeah, he said that um, the humans... One, they broke through the defense of the robots in the future, but the robots figured out a way to send a robot back to the past to kill the woman who is who gives birth. So it's kind of like going back and killing Hitler's mom. Right. Um, so that this never happens. And that's the whole reason this story is happening. Amazing. Yeah. And and it's that great paradox because, you know, then Kyle Reese and her, you know, he confesses love, which I talked about, yeah. the emotions and all that stuff. And then they have sex. Mm. And then he is the father of John Connor. Yeah. And it's that and, great, like, paradox thing. Yep. And late, at the end of the movie, when she's making tapes for her son, she tells her son who the father is. Yeah. Which means in the future, John Connor knows who to send back. Right. Because he, like, Kyle Reese says he did volunteer, but it's like, I don't know if he really had to volunteer, though. I think that he was chosen. And it's it's so weird. I love thinking about that stuff because it's like, that means that Kyle is is perpetually, like, alive and dead at the same time. Mm -hmm. Because he will always be traveling back to the past to do that. But he dies in the past. I know, but then, then he gets born. Yeah. And then he goes back to the past. That is like one of those things that kind of makes my brain hurt. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's the whole thing. And I think, I think there's a c- couple more like cool, like time paradox things in the next movie as well okay. that are also like, I love, I love that stuff. It's yeah. so cool. You know, that's like looper, all that weird stuff where you're like, what? Ah, um, cause I, man, if time travel is real, it would be so easy to get caught in a loop. I think mm-hmm. if, if that was a possible version What's of that time one travel, movie? The Endless. Right. The yeah. Endless. Very cool indie movie. Talk about a DIY movie. Oh, yeah. I think they were huge, like under 100,000. Huge, crazy recommend. And I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. That one is cool. It's really amazing. And I hope that they make more movies. The people who made yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very cool concept. It, it It's it's a cult. That's, yeah. That's what you know going into it. Yeah. Um, But um, so... Um, yeah, he tells her that he loves her and okay, we think that, okay. So then while all that is happening, Arnold Schwarzenegger goes into this hotel and he cuts open his arm and there's all these machines and stuff, all this cool Stan Winston, real, 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 real stuff that's moving around and he's adjusting stuff. He goes into a mirror. It's, it's cutting between shots of Arnold and a 
like full size well at least from shoulders up um uh what would you call that like machine thing yeah animatronic and of and him? he's like cutting out his animatronic yes cutting out his eye and then and then you see like the red eye underneath it his real eye and then throughout the rest of the movie, it'll cut between... He wears sunglasses, which I think is the most... Like, that really puts the whole thing together for me for him, is he has to wear sunglasses. Yeah. But what's cool is, like, um, he, they, they, they show a couple shots, like when he's driving the semi-truck, uh-huh. they show shots of the the animatronic one, and then they'll they'll switch to, like, makeup. Arnold at certain points so you just are like man that is a robot Mm -hmm. you know and it's just so weird because when he he gets down to the exoskeleton it Mm -hmm. it is just like the I'll be back line and just the movie in general it's hard to even remember that that robot was not a robot that everyone recognized and was like oh that's a Terminator robot right you know it's it's the same thing with Star Wars you can't watch Star Wars and be like there was a time when people didn't recognize darth vader when they went to the theaters right it's like not even possible to figure out mm-hmm. uh, unless you were there um so they make some he bombs. steals a semi-truck yeah they, yeah, they, they, make they bombs. there there's another chase scene going on they're trying to blow him up and then he gets into an oil rig and they blow up the oil rig and this is one of the coolest shots of the movie that is a miniature according to you it is and you can see you can watch footage of them doing it it's insane how big is the truck the truck is eight feet long and a foot and a half tall. Okay. So it's big. I mean, it's really yeah. big, but they had to do it twice. Twice? Because on the first shot, they so they had like a line hooked to the like chassis uh-huh. of the front end and they pulled it and the wheels just came out from under it, oh. but they'd already started the explosions. Oh. And they have it rigged with How a ton of explosions. How much time did it take to do set it up for the second one? Well, I think it took them like two weeks to like build a new uh-huh. thing. Because they blew it up. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. And it's insane because, I mean, I could kind of tell in the shot where Sarah's running, like you can tell that she's maybe in front of like a green screen oh, or, yeah. or like a screen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they call them rear screens back then. Okay. Um, But even then it was still like, huh. But that explosion, I was like, okay, sh- surely the they, sh- they shot that. It's undeniable. And yeah, but, it's but undeniable. when they were going to shoot it, they were, they were shooting it by the police armory. So if they did an explosion, it's a police armory. Mm-hmm. There are weapons and all this stuff. That's where the police in L.A. store mm-hmm. their weapons. Not a good idea. Right. A lot of bad problems could happen. So that's why they went with the miniature. It probably cost them a lot less, too. But I cannot even believe that that is not real. No. It, it's it, That was another <laughs> shot where I was like, how is this DIY if you're going to get a shot like that? Yeah. That is just fascinating and then you find out it's a miniature and it's like i'm still kind of in awe though right and and they did shoot it at 120 frames a second yeah and so i i i guess they must have slowed it down which i think really adds weight to the vehicle yeah yeah but even then so they that happens and you see arnold burning in the fire and it's like oh thank god this is finally over like the guy the person the robot that can't be killed has been killed Uh and then the you know kyle and sarah are together they're both fine they're safe and then the robot gets back up and it is like a skeleton robot which is like with the fire behind it which was james cameron's nightmare yeah that image which to me seeing 
that and i know that's very iconic and i know that you know this is 1985 so it is like technically a long time ago compared to now but it's like how come no one's created a robot with a skeleton that's the robot that is one of the coolest designs of a robot it's so cool ever seen it almost feels like like because you have arnold running around and it's like of course it would be a skeleton underneath because if it wasn't you wouldn't look human yeah if you put skin over whatever it was if it wasn't like a skeleton so cool oh forget about it and i mean stan winston stan winston stan winston of course i'm sure james cameron was very much in charge of how it looked but at the same time i mean that's stan winston yeah we We, do get some fun stan winston stop motion Yes, they they do do the stop motion, and it's very obvious nowadays. Um, it's still pretty scary though. But I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's it's very fun, and so he's chasing them. But it's cool because the machine is getting weaker because it's limping, and it's kind of weird seeing a robot limp. Mm-hmm. You don't really see that. Yeah. So that's cool. Then they go into a factory. I love the symbolism. That yeah, the symbolism, poetic justice of her defeating the machine with a machine. Uh huh. Um. And Michael Bean tries to blow up the Terminator. <laughs> Sorry. And, no, it's okay. And it explodes, but then it's crawling on its torso. It's so scary. That part, I mean, he really shoots it like horror. Yeah. And and, and it really feels like then, like, there, you, you can't kill it. Yeah, You absolutely. feel that despair. Yeah. And then finally, she gets to, like, a compactor, and it crawls into it, and she's able to pull it Smash down. Smash it. Um, but, uh... Oh yeah, I, I was just gonna say that when she's crawling through the 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 compactor, I I was legitimately like I was feeling it, like the way that it shot, it's very claustrophobic, mm-hmm. and I'm not even that claustrophobic of a person, but I was like, <sighs> it's like no way out, no and way out. And I already out. know how it ends and everything, yeah. but it's like oh boy, and you know just the life leaving the eye, uh-huh. um, uh huh, um, it's just great. Oh yeah, and then we cut to her like I think she's in Mexico, uh huh. And she's doing the tape to her she's very unborn son. Now. Yeah, she's got a German Shepherd, mm-hmm. and then she drives off into the distance. Mm-hmm. And then there were no other Terminator movies. <laughs> Not you're listening to the Macabre Podcast Universe. Come on, yeah. Um, I think this movie is amazing. Yes, this falls under the amazing category of sci-fi, where this movie is made and it's so like do ex machina, no, and media res uh the oh, movie okay, the story yeah. starts in the middle of the story and you are you are made to just pick up the pieces with sarah yeah because she is like us you know like the the, the audience. audience surrogate yeah and everything is being explained to you in bite-sized pieces and it makes it so much cooler is it and and unless it's so much cooler than uh being immersed in a movie that only takes place in 2029 in the future that they created it is so much cooler that it takes place in the present because it it actually reminded me of looper that's funny to say that because looper takes place in the future but um it reminds me of looper because that movie is the same in terms of like sure it's the future time travel is so common now that it's been used by hitmen to get rid of people which yeah. is like come on i'm that's cool we are just now doing this concept <laughs> that's amazing but there's so little explained in the movie only what you need to know yeah. which has left so much of for your imagination to think about what's going on and i'm so glad they haven't made another any more of those yeah but um it just reminds me of like terminator reminds me of that because it's 
just a very cool concept and what's explained to you is just what you need to know and the rest is left up to you yeah unfortunately there are five other movies that explain it to death well maybe we will like them that's true i am not optimistic i'm not either but i'm gonna try i'm gonna try um one thing i will say i know that terminator salvation is classically a bad movie i've not seen it is that the one with christian Christian bale Bale, yes but in my brain and don't tell me anything because i just want to watch it no but in my brain and maybe people will laugh when they're listening to this the idea of doing an entire movie that's in the future after there's been three that have been in the present Mm. seems like a no-brainer to me Mm -hmm. and that seems like such a fantastic idea to me, I thought that Christian Bale was John Connor, and I thought a movie about the rebellion, that's cool, and maybe it ends with sending Kyle Reese. That would be a cool movie that I would be into. I don't know if that's what it's about. I never saw it. The bummer of it is I saw that movie before any Terminator movie, <laughs> before the Terminator, which is so dumb. I saw it because of Christian Bale, yeah. 100%. I just saw like the first 20 minutes of terminator 3 um like on abc or probably fox actually when i was a kid and i was like this is cool and then i never saw anymore okay um because i think i was like i probably shouldn't watch this it's the third one (laughs) it's just t3 yeah but yeah amazing movie yeah love it i cannot wait to watch judgment day um that's the next one yeah okay and um yeah i'm excited about that a little more cameron talk and then um, if you like this podcast, consider supporting us. Go to www.com. <laughs> Go to www.patreon.com slash Micah That's M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-A-W. And you can get an exclusive episode every month where we do series with only two um, entries. And mm-hmm. so this month it is Monsters University. And we interviewed Jeremy from march 4th which is a band from portland that has their song featured in monsters university like the theme of the movie yeah and we talked to him about that process and all that stuff um so i mean it's pretty cool it's like an exclusive thing you're not gonna hear it on the main feed so unless we unlock a patreon in the future Maybe we will. But don't bet all your hopes on that. Yeah, because we're definitely not going to unlock all of them. We would only unlock one or two every once in a while. Don't even give them the promise or the hope. Yeah, maybe we won't unlock any of them. But anyway, go over there. And also, December 10th, 7 o'clock, you got to go to Micah Boy Wonders YouTube, and you have to watch Have Yourself a 5-4 Little Christmas with all these amazing guests. Um, Maybe I'll just put a commercial in these. Sure. That would probably be better. So... You probably already heard the commercial, or maybe I'll edit this part out. I don't know. <laughs> got anything, Jordan? No, I've got to go to bed. That's true. It's it is fifteen minutes oh, to I our gotta bedtime. Go to bed. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.